0: John chapter 6 you'll see in the beginning of the chapter he's describing the feeding of the 5,000 we know that story I'm not gonna read it all Um, he's been preaching he's been releasing miracle ministry they picked up 12 baskets and then look here at verse 14 this is where we'll pick up it says when people saw him Jesus do this miraculous sign the multiplying of food they exclaimed surely he is the prophet we have been expecting that's good but jesus saw they were ready to force him to be their king they were gonna force him to be their king so he slipped away into the hills by himself now i want you to go over one chapter chapter 7 and Jesus essentially spends the next little bit of his ministry hiding everybody say when Jesus hides Jesus hides uh, look at verse 2 here John chapter 7 It says, soon it was the time for the Jewish festival of shelters or tabernacles. Uh, And Jesus' brothers said, uh, leave here and go to Judah where your followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers did not believe in him. Let's pray and let's ask the Lord's hand on this time as we open his word. Lord, I, I, I thank you for your word. It is light, it is life, it's instruction, it's correction. and. Lord, I'm asking that today you would uh, do and fulfill all you desire to do through your word. Holy Spirit, I welcome you now, and I ask you to, to release an anointing all across this room, Lord. Anoint our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our heart and mind to receive what your spirit is speaking today. I pray, mighty God, that an anointing would rest upon me, that I would preach with authority as I ought to this morning, and that you'll impact and change lives, including my own, all across this place, Lord. Help our hearts to be in alignment with you and your desires, O King of kings and Lord of lords. We commit this time to you in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody say, amen. amen. You may be seated. Very, very interesting idea here. I, I've entitled this message for those who are taking notes, and I encourage you to take notes. I do have this in the Bible app, by the way, all, the, all of my references and, and scriptures and all this. Um, I've entitled this message when Jesus hides. When Jesus hides. We see a number of times here where Jesus withdraws and and I don't want this to be confused. I I actually did a teaching recently for Uh, for a YWAM DTS and I one of the the ideas that we talked about was the the discipline of praying in seclusion how many know it is important to withdraw at times to get alone with God to pray and to seek him we see Jesus did that often that's not the idea of what I'm talking about today but there is this idea you know corporate worship corporate prayer it's wonderful it's necessary And it's encouraged all throughout scripture. But you understand that a public relationship with Jesus is never a substitute for your private, personal relationship with Jesus. I always will make marriage comparisons because it's the most frequent parallel that scripture gives us in our relationship to God. But you can imagine if I just show up for marriage upgrade or I take my wife out on dates in public, but if I'm... Horrible to her if I don't spend time with her when it's just me and her how many understand our marriage is gonna suffer So there has to be the personal the intimate me and her but there also has to be the public how many understand if I was a jerk to my Wife in public uh, boy that would affect our relationship as well so This idea Jesus withdrew often into the wilderness to pray he did that but that's not what was going on here what's going on here in this passage is there were moments where Jesus was demonstrating a power he in this passage he has preached all day he has worked miracles and the crowds begin to follow him he uh, turns to his disciples and he uses them to multiply and distribute food I mean it's a it's an awesome awesome time of ministry but as he begins to move the way the people responded caused Jesus to withdraw I want you to pay attention because church if there's anything that I yearn for as a pastor if there's anything that I long for as a church it is the manifest presence of God Almighty I'm telling you, that's what I burn for more than anything. If we can get that in place, I'm telling you, worship is going to be good if God is in it. i tell you, the preaching of the word is going to be good if God is on it. Hearts are going to turn to Jesus if, if, if God is showing up, if the Savior is here. Miracles are going to break out if the miracle worker is here. But if we do our own thing and God himself withdraws, we're in trouble. And I find it interesting. You're going to see. I'm going to show you. There were a number of times, in fact, three times just within these two chapters, John chapter 6 and John chapter 7, where Jesus withdrew. Why? And what can we learn from this? You understand there's moments all throughout the Bible where God visited people. And the response of the people determined if he remained with them. Guys, I say this and I feel like this is a timely message. How many of you recognize that what God is doing in our church right here in Kona, it is unique. It is powerful. God is here. We could, we could share stories of all the miracles uh, uh, that have gone on over this last year. Things that miracles God has worked in people's bodies, uh, uh, marriages that have been restored and healed, people that have gotten saved, uh, people who, who love the Lord but never had a place of worship that they felt at home. And God has done all of these things in this last year. But what I what I don't want, church, is to build a wonderful sanctuary and to move this building program forward and And we're not moving in sync with God Almighty. I want him with us. And so, we're going to look here today. Jesus, here in this this first account, uh, there was a moment of visitation. um, And the people respond. Now, I love this. And this is I I want you to make every point that I bring in this thing personal today, okay? Uh, It's easy for us to look at how these guys have failed. But I I hope by the end of the day, you're going to see, I better check myself in this. I better make sure, I mean, if, if the apostle Peter could fall into certain traps, um, how many know we can fall into traps ourselves? And so you'll see here, God is, you know, Jesus shows up, he's working miracles, it's a powerful time, and you see the response of the crowd. We read it in verse 14. It says, when they saw Jesus do the miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely this is the prophet we have been expecting. So, so far, so good, right? right? Jesus is working miracles, he's preaching, he's multiplying food. Whoa, this is the one we've been waiting for. In Exodus, uh, Moses prophesied, there's going to be a prophet like me who will come. And he was prophesying about Jesus. And, And so they've been waiting from the time of Moses for the Christ, the Messiah, God Almighty, Emmanuel, God with us. They've been waiting for that guy to show up for thousands of years and so they're looking and they're seeing what's happening in front of them and they say this is the guy this is him but then verse 15 is where they where they mess it up it Says when Jesus saw they were ready to force him to be their king he slipped away into the hills by himself good intentions even right revelation, but they wanted to force God. Uh, how many see a problem with that idea? Uh, I, I want to force God to do something uh, for me. I want him to, and it's not just in the New Living Translation, the King James, uh, the King Jimmy, the non-inspired version, even the Passion, all these versions. I know that was quick, so some of you caught it, never mind. Uh, all of these say that he wanted to force Jesus and his response was he hid himself. I I find it interesting if you look throughout church history you realize that most most of our denominations most of our major church movements they started in revival. Most of them did. You can look all throughout church history and you can see almost every significant move of God birthed something that today has gone stale it's gone sour and I think it's fascinating that what happens is God begins to move just like he was amongst this people and then all of a sudden people want to find out ways that we can regulate it how can we control what god is doing how can we monitor what god is doing we need to we need to put together our 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 plan or we need to put together the formula for what god is doing and i'm i'm telling you friend the moment we begin to try and regulate what god is doing he withdraws he hides they in fact begin to turn and you'll see this in John chapter 6 in verse 28 they even ask Jesus they say we want to perform the works of God what are they saying give us something to do Jesus we recognize there's something powerful that's going on so so give us the rule book now give us the manual tell us what to do and Jesus responds I love this Oh friend if there's anything you get today hear the heart cry of Jesus He says, the only work God wants from you, believe in the one whom he has sent. It goes back to the heart cry of God. Did you know, friend, that the most frequently repeated promise and request in the Bible, from Genesis 17 to Revelation 21, and almost in every book of the Bible in between, there is the invitation, I will be your God. And you will be my people. This is the heart cry of God from the very beginning. All he wants is to be. What is the work of God? It's to, to be with me. Remember they asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Uh, I don't steal. I don't commit adultery. I don't do all of these things. What's the, but what's the greatest? And he says, love me greatest command is to love me and love one another. Jesus, here, what's the work that we can do that'll be pleasing to God? Believe, just be with me. I mean, they're walking around there begging him, Jesus, I want more bread. And his response is, I am the bread. I I have, I am everything that you want. It's not about another miracle. It's not about me doing something else or you doing something for me. It's about us. It's about us being together. And so, you guys, you want to know really what this all boils down to. If you're taking notes, the reason Jesus hid himself, this was a form of idolatry. Everybody say idolatry. This is God made in my image. It's God as I want him to be I like Jesus the miracle worker I like Jesus the food multiplier I like Jesus the healer I like Jesus the preacher Uh, but I also want him to be the king I, I want him to put on a crown I want him to look like and Jesus had a much bigger idea in mind He didn't just want to be the king of a small nation right there in that time. He had the redemption and the rulership of all mankind, including us, friend. These guys were trying to fit Jesus into their image of what God is supposed to be. It's idolatry. Idolatry is not just, uh, you know, I've got a... Uh, you know a totem pole in my backyard I, I pray to a Buddhist statue or I got the cat thing sitting in my business right uh, I mean those things are idolatry it absolutely is but you understand when we try and make Jesus fit our image of what he ought to be like that's idolatry you know you want to know how my wife won my heart? I'm gonna help some of you guys out, okay? So, when I was in Bible college, um, the men's dormitories we didn't have uh, we didn't have ovens, we didn't have anything to cook with. We had microwaves, and I had a buddy who worked at Pizza Hut. It's a good friend to make when you or living off Chef RD every day. It was miserable. And so I, I had a friend, he worked at, uh, at Pizza Hut, and every night he would come home with like the old pizzas that they hadn't sold or whatever. So they were cold, they were stale. So what we discovered though, me and a couple of my friends, we discovered that the girls dormitories had kitchens and they had ovens and so I decided you know what we need to we need to make friends with some of these girls over here and so uh, you know we saw these uh, there was a group and we all called them the Hawaiians Uh, we didn't realize I mean we just saw they were brown they walked around with flowers in their ears and uh, and we just you know you guys get this I mean any anybody who's like actually Hawaiian like how often you know are you native Hawaiian you just I mean, I know my kids are going to get this. Mariah, she'll go to school one day, and she's going to get the question all the time, are you a native Hawaiian? And uh, anyway, the locals are laughing. You guys get this. If you haven't spent time on the mainland yet, you're going to get this. So anyway, my wife has learned she doesn't even just try and, uh, yeah, I'm Hawaiian, whatever. So. Anyway, we go to the Hawaiians, and I'm like, I want, I want her to make me my pizza. And so we bring the, the pizza, and, uh, and that's where we began hanging out, really, is uh, we made friends. I made friends with the Hawaiian who had the oven. Hallelujah. And so she goes, and she's warming up our pizza, and then we end up just sitting, hanging out, eating pizza together. And, uh, you know, it was through food. It really won my heart. It was through food. But it wasn't long at all. It wasn't long at all before I decided, you know what? it's not just the pizza anymore I actually like the girl and I began to pursue her and uh, and there were times where we hung out where we didn't even have pizza praise the Lord and we just began to enjoy time with one another we fell in love one with another now she still cooks for me today and I'm so thankful she's raising up my family you know even my son is a pretty decent cuz he cooks better than I do hallelujah but can you imagine for a moment, this is, this is what I feel like, this, this relational thing with Jesus is like, you know, Jesus, make us more bread. They wanted the food, they wanted the things that Jesus could do for them, and Jesus is like, I just want you. I I want you to believe in me. I want to love you, and I want you to love me. I want to be your God, and I want you to be my people. But these guys, all they wanted was, no, we want someone to fit our image. We want you to be a king, and we want you, yeah, the miracles are great. Do more miracles. They wanted what God could do for them, but they did not necessarily want God himself. In church, I I guess what I am encouraging us in is, we need to check our hearts even for idolatry. Do we, do we approach God for simply what he can do for us? Or is it enough that, God, I, I just want to know you and I want to be with you. You know, if my wife never cooked for me or heated up another pizza for me, I would still love her. And we'd still stay together. I'd probably drop a lot of weight. Praise God. But I tell you, anymore I'm not in this relationship because of what she does for me we've entered into covenant And we love one another it's a relationship that we have and I'm telling you friend that's what God desires anything other than that is idolatry I I, I was stunned as I was reading the Bible this last week I was reading in Exodus how God he delivers Israel he is leading them through the wilderness and then Moses is receiving instruction I don't know if you've ever seen this before he is receiving revelation on the mountaintop. He's receiving the download from uh, of the commandments and what their what their life and relationship with the Lord is supposed to look like. And as Moses is drawing that time to a close, Israel gets impatient and they begin to worship a calf. Now this is what's very interesting. I I, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but God is showing up. Think about this. He's showing up in his glory on a mountain, and they're making a cow. Moses is receiving the commandments, and at the very same time, they're breaking the first three commandments that are on that list. In fact, you know what the commandments are, right? Uh, he uh, He says, well, first of all, you're not supposed to have any other gods, and they're making a god out of gold. The second is, you're not to make idols, don't make idols, any graven image, anything, pay attention, that's on heaven, on earth, or under the earth. So they said, don't even make graven images, don't make idols that represent me in heaven. Don't make any graven images, and what are they doing? They're forming a graven image, an idol, right there. The third commandment is, don't, don't misuse the name of God. We say, don't take the Lord's name in vain, and and a lot of people, I think, get this wrong. You understand, taking, taking the Lord's name, I need to be careful with that, okay. Taking the Lord's name in vain is not just saying, OMG. You know this? Taking the Lord's name in vain is any time we attribute something to God that's not God. This is why I'm really careful. Saying, thus saith the Lord. I believe there are prophets who speak exactly what the Lord has spoken, but I'm careful because the moment you say God said this and God has not spoken, friend, you're in trouble, and that's a dangerous place. You better hone that gift before you start saying God said God said, God said, did you know that what they did here, a lot of people haven't seen this, but in Exodus 32, Aaron is explaining to Moses why they did what they did. He says, I I took the pieces of jewelry and we threw it into the fire and then this calf just popped out. That's not how it happened at all. But then he says, this is crazy. He says that they called a festival and they said, this is the God, talking about the calf, this is the God who delivered you from Egypt and then he said tomorrow we begin a festival to the Lord and that word is L its capital if you read it in your in your Bible it's capital L-O-R-D it's literally the proper name for God Yahweh or Jehovah they stamped Deuteronomy says they literally stamped on that calf the name Yahweh so I want you to think about this. It's not that they made a replacement God, but they made an image of the God that they believed delivered them from Israel, or from Egypt. This is big. A God made in their image. All of these stories, and you think these guys are crazy? We would never do that. I want you to think about what what Peter and John did. You remember there was a moment that Jesus took him up on the mountain. The Bible says he was transfigured, and Moses and Elijah show up. And what is their response? They said, "We want to build a tabernacle. Let's build a shrine—one to you, Jesus, and one for Moses and Elijah." They wanted to make an image. They wanted to memorialize something that God had done in that moment. When we try and fit Jesus into our preferences, when we try and fit him into what we like, I'm I'm telling you, friend, this is is something I I really want us to to just, we, we need to check our heart in. Like Jesus Do I only read and embrace the passages of scripture that agree with me and I ignore the ones that challenge me or correct me? That's a God in your image. That's idolatry. Do I only participate in the prayer moments, uh, things that are relevant to me, or do I also have concern when, when God is doing something on behalf of somebody else? If it's only about me and my needs, That's a God made in your image that's idolatry I only sing the songs that I enjoy I only sing the songs that I like I only give what what I feel like giving if it's not what he's asking of us it's a God made in our image it's idolatry friend we need to check our heart on this. it's not about I I tell you there's things in this scripture that offend me every single day it rubs me the wrong way because it challenges me and we all need that one of the reasons Jesus withdrew was because they said Jesus we want you to look like this you're supposed to be a king and we're gonna make you the moment we do that he withdraws I don't want Jesus withdrawing from us amen now the next reason you will see that Jesus withdrew Oh, friend oh this is so help us Lord the second reason you will see is what I call religion The second reason Jesus hid himself was because of religion. Now you'll see some connections with this, but uh, you'll notice that how people responded to Jesus was either they wanted to worship him or they wanted to murder him. There was rarely any ground in between that. They either wanted to to glorify Jesus or they wanted to crucify Jesus. And this was the religious response. We see a number of times in Luke chapter 10, in Matthew chapter 14, in John chapter 10, and and we see it in uh, John chapter 7. We just read a, a portion of the scripture earlier where Jesus works a miracle. He's demonstrating his glory on the earth and the religious attempt to arrest him or kill him and on all of these occasions jesus withdraws jesus removes himself and it was usually over one issue usually usually the people were offended with him how dare jesus do that he can't heal on this day you understand Uh, my, my favorite definition of religion you want to know how I define religion is doing the right thing for too long religion is doing the right thing for too long how many know the Pharisees actually started off good These were people who loved God, wanted to serve him with all of their their heart. And it actually came in a moment, there was a period just before the New Testament, where a man named Antiochus Epiphanes, you heard me tell this story before maybe, he came in and desecrated the temple of worship. He began to sacrifice pigs on the altar unclean. He began to force the priest to drink blood. I mean, absolutely demolished the temple. And so there were a group of people called the Maccabees, and they said, you know what, we're going to get these guys out of here. And they waged war. They actually pushed out these forces who were desecrating their religious system. And God blessed that warfare. They ended up going out, and then there were a new group of believers who rose up and says, now, let's restore the temple. Let's get the practices right. Let's cleanse the people and cleanse the temple. And those people were the Pharisees and they started off with a wonderful heart we need to see God worshipped correctly but religion is doing the right thing for too long what ends up happening is these guys get overkill they become they start doing so much and they they they're missing the Messiah standing right there in front of them they're missing Jesus. I'm telling you guys, in this next chapter, part of, their, their, part of the challenge that they had was, you know, Jesus went out. He saw a lame man, 38 years, sitting by a pool of water, waiting for his healing to come. Here comes Jesus, heals the man. This is in John chapter 5. Comes by, heals the man, 38 years. And instead of having a testimony service, instead of opening up for more miracle ministry, they begin an investigation now wait a second the carpenter's son you notice they diminish him the carpenter's son did this he did this on the Sabbath how dare he Jesus did not fit their religious box He didn't fit their idea of what a godly person should look like. They were always getting offended. I mean, in the next chapter, part of the offense is they bring a woman caught in adultery. And Jesus forgives her. How dare he? Who's this group that he's with? He's He's got a cussing sailor. He's got a lying, deceptive tax collector. He has women in ministry. How dare he? I mean, really, he rubbed them the wrong way on every single, they're ministering on Sunday? How, how can they? They can't do this. Jesus began to break down every religious idea, and when the people push back, I'm telling you, they, it caused Jesus to withdraw. Church, I... Yeah, we need to be advocates for righteousness and integrity. But the thing that I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to lean into is Lord, what are you doing right now? What are you doing right now? That's why you may wonder why, why are you guys always changing what we do in our services? Oh, we're doing encounter nights now. What are we gonna do next? Something new. <laughs> why? Because God is always doing something new. I was listening to John Kilpatrick this morning and it was stirring me so deeply. Because he was talking about this period of time after Brownsville was over. They had this mighty revival for five years. But he talked about what the next three years for him looked like. And he said that he'd have people come up to him all the time. And, John, you just need to stir it up like it was there in 95. You just need to do that again. And he's like, he's like I felt like I, people wanted me to, to kickstart a motorcycle that had no gas that's not what God was doing anymore and he began to share about how there was a fresh anointing there was something new that God wanted to do today and that's what he began to press into I'm telling you church that's why God is still moving in their ministry today it's not like Brownsville it's not like Pensacola but God is doing something new today you guys know the name Nathan Morris Nathan came into a into Kilpatrick's church Years later, because God was doing something new. This is why, friend, I, I, I read those revival history books, and I learn from these guys. And I want to know, how did you pray? How did you seek? But, but I, I rarely pray the prayer, God, do that again. I want to see people get saved. I want miracles like that. I want the power of God like that. But I know God is going to do something new. He's going to do something New. It's interesting you read even about Titus Cohen in the revival here. Did you know that when God first started showing up, thousands, tens of thousands, I stood in the field where where 20,000 Hawaiians stood there and began to worship and glorify God. And they, they tell the stories of how God began to move dramatically in their times. People would be shaking. People would be laughing. People would be wailing and crying. But that was not the style of ministry that Brother, Brother Cohen had. These people were very expressive in their worship. There were blind eyes that would open in their meetings. And, uh, and it was just incredible. And the people would just go nuts over this. And the ministers tried to hinder No, 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 be reserved. Sit down, you know, and that's just not how they did. And I'm thankful God put it in the hearts of that leadership. God, you're doing something that I don't necessarily recognize right now. But if it's you, I want it. If it's you, I want it. And church, what I want to champion us on to today, we're going to be a people that press on to the new that God has. It's going to look different. Year, year two, moving into year three of Kings Kona, is going to look different than year one did. And we're going to be okay with that. There's going to be new people that come in. There's going to be new ministries that arise. And we're going to be okay with that because God's doing a new thing. We're never going to get stuck in this religious Jesus, it needs to look more like this. Guys, all throughout Scripture, you'll find people that missed what God desired to do because they were stuck in religion. Now, here's the last one. And uh, worship team, would you guys come? I'm, I'm done. You know, God God really wants to God really wants to shake our expectations. If I can encourage us in any one thing, I remember a pastor I sat under for a time, he began to share about how these different pockets of, of revival, and God would begin to move, and he didn't necessarily understand it, but he said, if, if it looks like God, we're going to run after it as hard as we can. And I remember thinking, like, that sounds kind of dangerous. You know, what if it's not God? What I've discovered is God'll God will expose things that aren't right. He'll protect his people. We stay close to him. That's the first point, right? We stay, we stay close to him. And there's gonna be moments, you know, that's not God. And yeah, we're gonna turn away from that. We're not gonna do that. But I have been so blessed as I've observed things that I don't necessarily, I watch people man, they'll, they'll write off somebody like Heidi Baker because she's weird you know what I'm talking about? I don't like Benny Hinn he has a jet what? never forget there's a guy named Billy Burke, you guys ever heard of Billy Burke? had a series of revival meetings on Maui I remember seeing this guy first come in, and he dresses weird. He's got real flashy, pointy shoes. You know, looked like he didn't know how to comb his hair. I'm just telling you, it was not in a box that I appreciated. You want to know religion? Religion. I didn't like the package it came in. I didn't like the songs that he sang. I didn't like much about him. But I remember there's a woman with a cl- with a foot that that curve sideways. She'd walk on the side of her foot. And I remember watching this with my two eyes. He grabs her by the hand. She came up with a walker, grabs her by the hand and just began to walk with me. And as she was walking, I watched as her foot that was sideways began to straighten out. And I'm like, I just watched that with my own two eyes. I remember watching and observing night one Type 2 diabetes, incurable. Had it my entire life. Received prayer, they come back night three. Clean bill of health, documented miracle. And I'm watching. Here's this guy in a package I don't recognize or appreciate, but I'm watching the wonders of the Lord. I like Billy Burke. Praise God. I like Billy Burke. This is where I'm remember watching Tim's story. You guys know Tim's story? Tim's story comes in. We hosted him for for a service a number of years ago. And Tim, he's telling stories about having Bible study with Robert Downey Jr. and Charlie Sheen. People I'm not allowed to watch their movies. People I'm not allowed to listen to their music. And all of a sudden, miracles start breaking out. And I'm like, wait a second. He's doing stuff we're not allowed to do. It's in a package. I don't recognize religion what I want to challenge us in today friend is <laughs> there's gonna be moments I don't like that they're too old they're too young they got a tattoo he doesn't comb his hair he looks weird he sings songs I don't we need to shake that stuff off I'm telling you if we if we get stuck in this religious junk. Jesus is going to withdraw. Jesus is moving. I I want to be with him. I want to be in it. Now, I have one more, and maybe I'll just, I don't know, maybe I ought to take next week and give a whole week to it. And in fact, I think I will. Why don't we stand? Why don't we stand? Here's what I want to do. We're We're going to begin to I want to worship for a moment. And I want you, as we begin to worship, before I have any prayer or closing or anything like that, I want you to take a moment and reflect inwardly. And as we begin to worship, I want you to ask yourself, Lord, do I have religious boxes or ideas that I'm trying to fit you in? Do I only accept you if you look and act and talk like this? Or is there something new that you desire to show me? Do I have idolatry in my life? Are there things that I I say, Lord, you you need to do this. You need to be like this. I only only like this verse or this style or this, uh, and I'm trying to fit you into my image of what God should be. What I'm going to ask God to do is to tear down all idols in our life and to tear down religious mindsets that we may have. So let's worship right now, and you just begin to deal with the Lord on your own. Come on.